How about give the band a little love this morning? They was, yeah, they were cooking in peanut oil over there today, just saying. Hey, welcome y'all, man. It's so good to be here. It's so excited. It's so hot in this church right now. Y'all hot like me? It ought to be hot, though. It ought to be hot in church. You know why? It'll remind you where you're going if you don't change your ways and trust Jesus Christ. Just saying. Oh, man, it's so good to be here. Hey, you know what? It's life, and, it's, and we live life, but you know what? Uh, we need to give it up for our, our local football teams, y'all. Come on, somebody. Like... Yeah, like, like Wiley fell short, but man, they made it all, they had a great run this year. So give it up for all the Wiley Bulldogs. I know they're done, but Albany is still going, kicking that booty. Come on, somebody. And, and how about the Holly Bearcats? Come on now. We, we got some friends from Cisco and we went and ate lunch with them last week. See, see Holly played Cisco this week. And, and Holly played Cisco earlier in the year, and it was a close game, man. I mean, it was like a final drive, and Holly wins. And we went and ate with our friends from Cisco, and they said, oh, yeah, we know we're looking so forward to this, this football game this weekend because that first game they played, the refs were so bad, and they were so much for Holly, you know. I messaged them on Facebook, and I said, boy, refs must have been horrible this week, just saying that 40-point blowout. Oh, oh man. So we got two weeks left. We're glad you're here. We're in the book of Revelation, man. We're talking about the seven messages to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. I hope it's been a big a blessing to you as it has been to me. I hope it's challenged you the way that it challenged me. And so this week we're in Revelation chapter 3. We're going to look at the message from Jesus to the church in Philadelphia. We'll just read the scripture and then we'll pray and, and unpack this thing and see what the Lord might say to us. Revelation chapter 3. Verse 7 through 13, write this letter to the angel in the church of Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true, that's Jesus, the one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one can close, and what he closes, no one can open. I know all the things you do, Jesus says, and I have opened a door for you that no one can close. Jesus said, I have opened a door for you that no one can close. If you were really Pentecostal, you would have shouted right then, even though I'm just reading the scripture today. He said, you have, I understand you have little strength, but you have obeyed my word. I know you have little strength, but you have obeyed my word and did not deny me. Look, he said, I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogue, those liars, who say they are Jews but are not, I will force them to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones that I love. Because you have obeyed, there's that word again, because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from a great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God and they will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God and they will be citizens in the city of my God. The new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven for my God and I will also write on them my new name. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit 
and understand what he is saying to the churches. Father, open our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us today. Give us understanding. Lord, we bind confusion. We bind anything that is not clear today. We ask you to clearly speak to us, to men, to women, to marriage, to single, to young people. Speak to everyone in this room. Holy Spirit, anoint this message. Let my words be your words. Let these words pierce the hearts of everyone that's gathered here to hear your word today. Lord, we love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said... To the church of Philadelphia, here's what I want to say to you guys first today, is Jesus said, I have the keys to your future. Come on, somebody. Jesus said, I have the keys to your future. I just want to challenge you with something that we just sang this song. And with the song that we just sang is we'll take you at your word, God, like we believe your word. Like, like it's not just a book that we read. It's not just something that the preacher preaches about. Like your word is real. Your word is alive. Your word is quick. Your word is powerful. Like I actually believe what your word says. How many of you actually believe the word of God? Shout yes. And in the word of God, Jesus said, I have the keys to your future. The song that we just sang, it said that, that, that our future is full of God's hope. Can I tell you, we need to have hope today. Do not let hope escape you. Do not lose your hope. Our hope in our future is in Jesus Christ alone. Our hope is not in the government. Our hope is not in the Democratic Party. Our hope is not in the Republican Party. Our hope is not in our money. The hope that we have moving forward, yes, this whole world is dark. And yes, this whole world is dim. And yes, we are facing some things right now that we have never ever faced in America before. But let me tell you, my God is still on the throne. And my God is still bigger and stronger than anything that we can face. And I declare that my hope and my future is in Jesus Christ today. That will fundamentally change your daily life if you can just make the declaration my hope is in Jesus moving forward because Jesus wants to open some doors in your life. Jesus wants to open some doors in my life. Not only does he want to, he is going to open some doors. He's going to open doors in my future and in your future that no one can close. God opens doors for his children. I love that. I love the fact because uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> I'm excited about this word, y'all. I love the fact of God opening doors and taking us to new places. I love the fact of God opening doors and taking us to new dimensions. I love the fact of God opening the door and taking us to new seasons. Sometimes we get so lazy and so comfortable and so content in where we are right now that we're not looking forward. Listen, the song that we just sang in the Word of God says that if God began a good work, working us he's going to continue to work and he's going to bring until jesus comes back so where you are right now god is not through with you he wants to take you to the next level he wants to take us beyond the doors in our life there's doors in our life there's a process how many of you would love to see some doors open in your life shout amen, amen. open in your personal life Open in your marriage, open in your financial life, open in your spiritual life, open in the lives of your children. God wants to open doors, take us to new places. Well, there is a process. There is a process that, 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 that has to happen. There is something that precedes new doors being opened. There is something that happens before. Can I tell you what that is? The secret to getting doors open in our life, Revelation 3.8, Jesus said, I know all the things you do. And I have opened a door for you that no one can close because you have little strength 
but you have obeyed my word and did not deny me. You want doors open in your life? You want doors open? Then you and I have to learn to be obedient to the word of God. To be obedient to the word of God. Be obedient to not just part of the word, but to all of the word. See, we're really good right now and we'll be strongly obedient in a few of these areas, but there's a couple of areas that don't fit into culture and a couple of areas that don't fit into society and a couple of areas that don't fit into the feeling of our flesh. So we'll be obedient to some and disobedient to the other. And I'm telling you, if you want God to take you to a new level, you and I have to say, I will be obedient to every word of the living. God. Be obedient to the word of God. Jesus said, I know you're weak. I know you're tired. I know you're worn out. I know you're perplexed. I know you're persecuted. But he said, you know what? You have just continued to be obedient. Can I tell you, obedience is something else. John 14, 15. These are Jesus's words. If you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, obey my commandments. I see so many people nowadays that claim to love God. They claim to love God. I see so many overpaid athletes that have a podium and someone sticks a microphone in front of their face and they will declare that they love God. But when you look at their life on a regular basis, nothing that they do or nothing that they say lines up and is in obedience with the Word of God. I have been pastoring for 22 years, and I hear people all the time tell me how much they love God and how much they love church, and I'm glad that you come to church, but if you and I really love God, we must learn to be obedient in every area of the Word of God. Obedient. Jesus said, if you love me, then just obey me. Let me give you another scripture. 1 Samuel 15, 22. So many of us think that we give God this sacrifice. We give God this burnt offerings. So many of us think that when we come to church, it's this big sacrifice we're giving to God. It's not a sacrifice to come to church. Come on, somebody. It's a blessing to get to come to church. It's a blessing that we live in America. It's a blessing that we can come and have a great worship team lead us in worship. It's a blessing that we can come and have coffee and apple fritters. It's a blessing because you got such a handsome and smart preacher. I'm just saying. But we think because we offer this sacrifice of coming to church or because we raise our hands or because we put a few filthy dollars in the offering plate that we're giving God all of our stuff and we're sacrificing so much because we pray. Watch what 1 Samuel 15, 22. But Samuel replied, what's more pleasing to God? What's more pleasing to the Lord? Our burnt offerings, our money, our cash, our raising our hands, our sacrifices? Or what's more important, your obedience to his voice? How many know we serve a God that speaks to his people? Come on, somebody. Our God is not dead. Our God is alive, and he is on the throne, and he is an active God. And listen to me. Look, 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 look. He is active in your life. He is active in your marriage. He is active in your parenting. And right now, you know and I know he is speaking to you, trying to guide you and give you direction. And all you and I need to do is just simply be obedient to his voice. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the fat of the ram's obedience. That's what God wants from you, not your perfection. I mean, how many of you have a dog at home? We got about four dumb dogs in my home. And you know what I want from a dog? He don't have to be the perfect dog. I mean, my dog poops in the yard sometimes. Come on, somebody, let's just be real. Claire's dog poops in the house sometimes. Let's just be real. 
They dig holes. They tear stuff up. They're dogs. But you know what I want out of a dog more than anything else? Just for that sucker to mind me. Come on, somebody. Just mind me. When I tell you to come here, just mind me. Just be obedient. We, we all just want an obedient dog. Uh, people that, that have horses in here, you can say, oh, well, I like a dun color. Oh, I like a black color. Oh, I like this breed, and I like that breed. And at the end of the day, we just want a horse that's obedient that will do what we ask us to do. We, children, y'all, I just want my kids to mind me. Can I get a witness? Just be obedient. We want obedient employees. I mean, we just want obedient wives. Come on, somebody. Still working on that one, just saying. God doesn't want our perfection. God just wants us to be obedient where we are. And when we are obedient, look, 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 look. When we are obedient to the voice of God, when we're obedient to the word of God, God promises in his word that he will open doors that have been shut in our life. Many of us have been stopped at a door. Many of us have been right here for years and years and years. We have not went through any new doors. We're standing there facing one. And you know what God wants? Be obedient to his voice. And he promises to open a door and take us to a new level. That's what is Slowing us down. Doors, many of us. How I many you know sometimes church folk, they got horrible attitudes. Can I get a witness? I mean, like we're supposed to be people of faith and we bellyache and moan more than anybody I know. We get negative, we get down, the glass is half empty, always something is wrong, everything's falling apart. And a lot of us, when we see a door, we, you know what we do? You know what church folk do? Well, crap. I guess the Lord don't want me to go any further in life. There's a door. There's a barrier. Well, we're screwed. I'm standing right there. Can't go any further. A door. You know what a door is? A door, by definition, it is a barrier. Yes. But by definition, listen to me, a, a door is a movable barrier. It's not, a, it's, not, it's not permanent barrier. It's movable. A door is temporary. A door is meant to be open. So you and I need to learn to retrain our mind that when we live life and we see a door, don't get all whiny-hiny on the deal. Rejoice and say, that is a barrier, but it is a movable barrier. And my God can move mountains. And my God can part seas. And if God is on my side, he's about to open that door and take me to the next level. It's movable barrier. Yeah, that would have been a good time to shout, but anyway. A door represents access. A door represents access to a new dimension, to a new level, to a new season. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Look, 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 look. God does not intend for you to stay right where you are right now. God does not intend, and that's the lie that is the lie of the enemy. We get saved and we get changed and we get picked up and we get washed off and we get cleansed. And so many of us, it is really sad because we stay at the same level for the rest of our life until Jesus calls us home. And it's okay. God still loves you. You know what? If that's where you want to stay and you just want to be status quo and you just want to be lukewarm and you just want to go right. But no, no, no. God has been so good to me. I don't want to settle for where I am right now. I want to trust God and I want to be obedient and I want to take it to the next level because I want to see everything God has for me while I'm living on this earth. When we show God our obedience, that's where we're at. It lets him know that we're ready to move to the next dimension. Some of us are ready to go to the next level, but we're not willing to be obedient in the areas that he's challenging us in. We just want to stay right here and keep doing the same thing. If you want to go to the next level, listen to God and be obedient. When, 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 when we're obedient to God, it shows him, hey, they're growing up. 
Hey, John, you're growing up. You're maturing a little bit. Billy, you are finally, praise the Lord, maturing a little bit. Stephen, you are finally, you are maturing. I see you. I see you've been good at this level. You have matured at this level. You show me in your obedience that you care and that this really matters to you. And when we show God our obedience, he says, guess what? I can take him to the next level because he's going to succeed at the next level. Show God our obedience. See, doors. Sometimes we, how many of you know the greatest fear in the world is the fear of the unknown? I just don't know. What's it going to be like? What's it going to be like if I get married? What's it going to be like if I have kids? What's it going to be like if I say yes to God? This fear, we can't see it. We don't know. And so here's the thing. We can't see beyond those doors that God wants to take us through. And we get fearful, and we stop, and we slow down. Let me tell you something right here. 1 Corinthians 2.9. This has been one of my life verses forever, and I want to speak it prophetically over you today as God begins to open doors in your life. Because here's what the Scripture says. No eye has seen no ear has heard, nor any mind has imagined what God has prepared for those that love him. Come on, somebody. The door that God wants to open. Your eyes have never seen anything that good. Your ears have never heard anything that good. You have never even comprehended in your heart what God has prepared for those that love him. And if we love him, we'll be obedient to him based on the word of God. God will open doors in our life, and he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. The future is bright in Jesus Christ, y'all. It's crazy what God wants to do. Crazy what God wants to do. One of my favorite scriptures about doors being opened. It's an Old Testament passage. It's found in Isaiah 45. This is what the Lord says to Cyrus, to his anointed. How many of you know you're anointed by God today? Come on, somebody. You're anointed. You're, you're washed in the blood, and the Spirit of God lives inside of you. That's the anointing. That's the power. The same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. This is what the Lord says to the anointed, whom I have taken by the right hand to subdue nations before him and undo the weapons belt on the waist of kings to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you. And I will make the rough places smooth. I will shatter the doors of bronze and cut through their iron bars. I will give you the treasures of darkness, a hidden wealth of secret places, so that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who calls you by name. God says right there, I have anointed you and I have taken you by the right hand. I just want to remind you today that God the Father has taken us by the right hand. And I'm going to tell you something. I have a little bitty girl, and she's 11 years old. And there's things that happen in her life, and sometimes she gets scared, and sometimes she gets worried. But I'm going to tell you something. If we're crossing the street or if we're going somewhere, if old daddy can reach out and take Clara Lynn by the right hand, every bit of fear is gone out of her life because she trusts her daddy's judgment. She trusts her daddy's discernment. She trusts her daddy to make good decisions to take her to good places. If Clara Lynn can trust a sinner like me, why can't you and I begin to trust the hand of our heavenly father and know that we are safe within his grasp and he will lead us to a place that will show his glory in our lives. He has us by the right hand. It drives out that fear. God is holding us by the right hand. He says, I will make a way for you. He says this, I will go before you and prepare a way. See, the door that we're standing before today 
We cannot see on the other side of that door. But rest assured, God in his omniscience, he has already been there and he already knows the blessings that are in store for you and I. He has gone before us and he said, I will make a way where there is no way. He said, I will, I will level out the rough places. Life can be mountains and life can be valleys. Listen, if you and I will be obedient, God will go before us and he will lower the mountain and he will raise up the valley and he will make a level place for us to run forward to the blessings he has for us. He said, I'll go before you and I'll make the crooked way straight. Some of us are running some crooked races. Come on, somebody. But how many of you know the quickest, po- the quickest way between two points is a straight line? And God said, I'll take that crooked thing and I'll straighten it out and I'll make a way for you to run into the blessings of God. God said, I'll go before you and I will knock down the gates. I'll go before you and I will open the door He said this, I will give you hidden treasures of darkness. Some things in the future that are hidden in the dark, and you and I can't see them. But God said, I'm going to go into that dark place and penetrate the dark with my light, and I'm going to grab some treasures, and because of your obedience, I'm going to give you treasures of the hidden darkness. Mm. Obedience. I know you're weak. I know you're tired. I know you're worn out, but just remain obedient. Now, hang on. I'm talking to you a lot about open doors, but I got to remind you of something here. Before God can open a new door, he has to close some doors in the past. And some of you won't close doors in the past. Some of you will not close the doors in the past. Some of you will not close the doors in the past. God's trying to close the door, but you know what you're doing? you got your foot in the threshold back there and in the door jam, and God's trying to close it, but you won't let it close. You won't let it close. Some things in your past, your sin, it is high time that you understand your sin is washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, and it is paid in full. Quit looking back to that old, shut that door and say, I've been born again, and I've been washed in the blood. I'm not fighting that battle. I'm not playing that game. I'm not arguing with the enemy. There is power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Shut the door on your jacked up past and get ready to walk in the blessed future God has laid out before you. Some of you, some of you, I'm going to preach to you right now because some of you got such jacked up, fouled up, screwed up, dysfunctional, abusive relationships in your past. And for whatever reason, you want to stay tied to it. For whatever reason, you won't shut that door. I'm telling you, if you got a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a family member, if your parents beat you up and talk bad to you, I'm telling you something. Don't disrespect them, but move your foot out of the door and shut the door on the past and say, I'm not defined by my past. I am going to press on to the things that God has ahead for me. Shut the door. Stop with your pitiful attitude. Stop with your victim mentality. Stop with all that crap that's holding you back. Let God shut the door because until that door shuts, there's never going to open a new door. You have to let it shut. Jesus says, because you obeyed me, I'm going to open doors and I'm going to protect you. From the great time of testing. How many know God wants to protect us, y'all? We can't let fear come into our lives. God wants to. We are safe and we are secure in the hands of God the Father. We are safe and we are secure. Last thing I'm going to say to you today is this. Jesus said, hold on to what you got. Hold on. How many of you have some blessings from God right now? Shout amen. How many of you has God been good to you and brought you from a mighty long way? Say yes. God is saying, I know you're weak and I know you're tired, but you hold on to what you got. 
Hold on to what you got. That may be a little bitty kind of a, a shallow word, but I'm telling you, there's somebody in this place today, you just need to be encouraged to hold on to what you got. White knuckle it, baby. Squeeze with all you got. Do not let go. Do not give up. Hold on to what you got because God is still doing something and God wants to go further. Hold on to what you got. Be responsible. Be alert. Don't let the enemy come in and steal your marriage. Don't let the enemy come in and steal your hope. Don't let the enemy come in and steal the, the vision that you have of a door opening up. Hold on to what you got because the enemy is out there and his, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Hold on. Don't let him steal what you got. Be alert. Be responsible. Hold on to what you got. Jesus said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Hold on. Conrad, y'all come help me close this thing. Because God wants to bring victory, and God wants to write his name on us, and he wants to make us pillars in his kingdom. Hold on. God wants to give us a rich and satisfying life, and God wants to open some doors. I wonder how many of us would say, I need a new door to be opened. How many know, like, like life is a series of doors. Like, I get it. Listen to me. I'm almost done. I get it. Jesus is the door. How many of you, let me see you raise your hand. How many of you are saved and redeemed by the blood of Christ today? Raise your hand. Let me see you. Raise your hand. Okay, let me say something to you. Jesus is the door. But he's not the, he is the only way to God the Father. But once we step into that door and receive salvation, there will be another series of doors for the rest of our life. And the more obedient we are and the more responsible we are, God will take us to the next level and to the next level and to the next level. But I'm coming down here to tell you something because here's the problem. Many of you walk through the door of Jesus Christ. However many years ago that is, four, five, six, seven years ago, you walk through the door of Jesus Christ, but you ain't walked through another door for the last 10 years. You walk through that door, you said, I'm saved, praise God. And God's going, look, but I have so much more for you. But we ain't willing to walk through the next door. We stand there looking at that old door with our foot in the door. Like, like, don't you think it's time that we go, okay, Lord, take me to that next door? Don't you think it's time that we go, okay, God, take me to the next door? Seriously, y'all. If we believe God and we take God at his word and we believe he has these great promises and if we believe Jeremiah 29, 11, and if we believe 1 Corinthians 2, 9, if we really believe the word of God, don't you think it's time that we stop standing where we are and trust God to open another door? I'm proud of you. Praise God. Let me pat you on the back. You finally went through the door of Jesus Christ. Good for you. Now, don't miss out on all the blessings God has for you because he wants to give you a rich and satisfying life. I am preaching the pain off the walls. And the reason that some of us don't have a rich and satisfying life is because we're unwilling to walk through a new door. It ain't his fault. It's our fault. Willing to walk through. Jesus said, I got the keys. I got the keys. I want to close with this today. If you've looked up here on the stage, there's tons of keys laying here on the altars. We're going to close this service today, and I want to invite you. If you believe God wants to take it, he is the key, and he wants to open some doors and take you to a new level, I want you to come down here and get your key today. Key means nothing. They come from Garbo's Locksmith in Abilene. It means nothing. It's a $2 lock, $2 key. 
but it represents something for you and me. Something that we can pick up. We can put on the dash of our car. Something we can pick up and go, you know what? I remember God has the keys to my future. And I'm going to be obedient. And this key, Jesus, is going to unlock some doors and take me to places that nobody thought I could go. Connor and I laid these keys out the other day. We laid them out here, and I just want to share with you couple of things that we found on these keys. There's house keys, soda pop machine keys, safety deposit box keys. There's some car keys down here. This one key we looked at on here, it says this. It says, do not duplicate. And that's a word for some of you because you need to quit trying to duplicate your life to be like your father. Or you need to quit trying to duplicate your, your life and your journey to be like that person that you love that you go to school with. You need to stop. You need to realize that God created you and there's nobody else like you. And God has a plan for you and your plan for you is it, it, not like anybody else's. So quit trying to be like somebody else and just let God open the door and, and, and be original. There's another key right here stamped on this key. It says Master. God is the master. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Trust him to be the master. Trust him to be the leader. Trust him today. To, here's another one. Boy, this is really good right here. You know what this key says on it? Control. <laughs> you control freaks, you. Quit trying to control what door God opens in your life. Because you are in your self-righteousness. And in our way, we think we are so right and we think we know what's going on and we know what the future is and we're unwilling to do anything outside of our control. Listen, when we have faith in God, it means that we release our control unto Him. And some of you need to stop trying to control it today. Here's another one. This one says, shield security on it. Listen, I bind fear in the name of Jesus Christ. Our future and our hope is in Him. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. And you know what? I am not going to fear. You should not fear. You are safe and secure in the loving arms of God. Trust God today. The last key is this safety deposit box. Some of you, you're getting your butt kicked financially today. And you've made up in your mind, I'm going to always be poverty. I'm going to always be poor. I'm going to be like my parents. I'm telling you, God wants to give us the treasures of hidden darkness in here today. How many know God is good, y'all? So I'm done, and I'm closing. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to be out of here. Father, move in this place. Open our minds. Open our hearts. Give us courage to believe you, that you are the key. You are the key, God, and you want to open doors for us. You want to open doors that have been closed for generations. Some of us, the doors have been closed for several generations of our life, and we've bought the lie that that's the way it's going to be. I declare and I speak with a prophetic voice that generational curses will be broken and doors will be open. And when doors are open, not only do they bless us, but they punch through the barrier for our children and our grandchildren to know that God wants to continue to take us to another level in life. Whatever it might be, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Come and consume us. We want to be on fire for you. We want a fresh, fresh fire in our lives, Lord. 
Let today be a pivotal and a key moment. Let us take these keys and let them motivate us. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Stand on your feet. We're going to close with worship. Come get you a key. Come get you a key and take it home with you. And say it's the key to my future.